The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, folks? It's Friday. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers, and we'll have Adrian Benjamins coming up here in just a moment. This is a hoop ball presentation. All of our shows said hoop ball or hoop ball presentations. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And the show is bought, brought to you by our good friends at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. You guys know the story by now, don't you? You should. Hawaiian. H-A-W-A-I-I-A-N. Isles. I-S-L-E-S dot com is the website. Hawaiian Isles dot com. Say Aloha to the Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check it out. Go to their website. They've got a little three-bar navigational tool on the upper left-hand side. You can check about, uh, you can learn about their coffees. That's sort of a starting point. You can view all the flavors. They got single bags, Kona coffee bundles, best sellers, non-flavored Kona roasts, flavored Kona roasts, single-serve cups. Those are the K-Cups, folks. People like those guys. Uh, they can get them by size, by grind. You can get their dark private reserve. You can get decaf options if that's your game. Coffee roasters. They've even got a blog. If you want to buy it in person, they've got retail locations across California. Uh, but I would suggest just getting it on their website or Amazon.com. Those are, again, our good buddies at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check them out on Twitter, at H-I Kona Coffee. Thank you, guys. Uh, wanted to remind everybody that hoop ball leagues remain open. You can check those out by tweeting at me at Dan Vespers, head to head roto $50 and free. We have 12 leagues open now after just over a week since our announcement hit me up. We're going to keep opening them until you stop asking to get in them. But enough of that silliness. It's time to talk real draft results with the fantastic Adrian Benjamins. What's happening, man? Oh, it's so nice to talk to you two weeks in a row. This is a rare luxury. Two weeks in a row, man. And Dan, I'm going to say it again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, guys. <laughs> you know, so Dan, uh, with hoop ball blowing up the way that it has, there has been an injection of some really talented um, people. So anytime you ask me to come on, I'm like, yes. You still want me on here? <laughs> nah, man. So you're you're the the Adrian Benjamins. You should change your Twitter handle to that so people know who they're searching for. Oh uh, no, I I need to make it as easy as possible, Dan. That's true. If you really <laughs> wanted to make it easier, you should take the S off your last name. <laughs> that is true, man. That is true. Yeah, don't do that. That's a joke. Please don't do that. <laughs> uh, at Adrian Benjamins, it's plural. It's plural. Type it right. Find him on Twitter. Follow him. You're my guy, man. You know you're my guy. You're a co-host here. You had, you, I mean, have slash had, you hosted a show the entire season last year, the box score breakdown. You are a host here at Hoopball. So I am not having you on Fantasy NBA today. That's not how this works. And to quote that commercial, that's not how any of this works. Uh, last week, we did Adrian's Five. This week... We're just going to pick up where we left off, because yesterday we didn't do much in the way of actual counting through the draft, uh, and you like to do some of these. They're not even, they're not deeply, guys. This is, we're in the eighth round, so it's not like we're in the, you know, 160, 170 range, but you're in no man's land a little bit, so this is kind of fun. These are guys where you just, uh, this is where I think your style actually comes 
uh, into the forefront a little bit. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my chat with Neil, but I was talking about how around pick 75, that's when I really start targeting names instead of guys that are falling. And I know you're a big proponent of targeting names. So do you want to start us off at 85 or do you want me to get us going? I'll start us off at 85. Um, I got Aaron Gordon followed by... Wait, do you want me to name off like the whole No, round we'll just go one at a time. Okay. Um, so I'm seeing Aaron <laughs> Gordon at pick 85. Um, man, you know, this is really interesting because this is a guy who was, what, like getting drafted in the fourth round yeah, last that was, year? that was brutal. Right? So... Um, <laughs> It's kind of funny that, again, you know, I think last week we talked about a couple of guys where, like, the luster and the shine have fallen off. And I think Aaron Gordon kind of falls under that category, right? I think um, what we've seen from him, I think people believe that this is who he is now. Like, so I think that's why he's fallen to where he is here in this draft. What do you think about it, Dan? I agree with you. I agree. It's uh, His ADP is 72, and I think it's falling. I think you're going to see him going in the 80s more often than you are in the 70s because, I, I mean, I don't know that I disagree with those that say this is who he is. Do we think he's going to try to get closer to the rim? I mean, the guys around him didn't really change in Orlando. He was number 96 last year on a per-game basis. Now, he played a lot of ball games, so by totals it was a little bit better. But he's a bad percentages guy in both of them. And I, I mean, it drives me completely bonkers, Adrian, that he doesn't have a better field goal percent. He's this hyper-athletic stretch four. He should be dunking on people. And instead, he's just bombing away from long two slash three-point land. Go get near the rim, man. Go get closer because his other stuff is pretty good. If he could fix his field goal percent, he could rocket up the charts but I don't know that I believe he will. Do you have more confidence that maybe he can get that 45 up to 47 or 47 and a half? I mean, I won't touch him anywhere above round six, but I, Dan, only 23 years old. I mean, still a young guy. I mean, it is quite possible that we haven't seen the best of Aaron Gordon yet. And yeah, he's going to hurt your field goal percentage, free throw percentage, as you said. But a decent rebounder is a good scorer. Um, I don't know. I mean, I still think it's possible for him to make a leap. And at this point in the draft, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, and that's the beauty of no man's land. This is where you target your guys. If you think Aaron Gordon is going to be a guy who makes a step forward, he has top 50 potential. I don't know that I believe he's he's going to, so maybe he's not on my specific list, but I have no problem with this selection because, in particular, in a 12-team league, if you have the 85th pick, you don't have another pick until 108. So you better get the guy that you want here because he probably isn't coming back to you. So, yeah, totally fine pick. Uh, you're chasing upside a little bit. You have your targeted guys. The only thing you're trying to weigh is, will this guy get back to me? That's the only thing you're thinking about when you've got your list at this point in a draft. And I think the answer is a hard no. He wouldn't come back at 108. So, sure, take Aaron Gordon here. If he, even if he bottoms out and has a top 90 season, top 95, fine. I... I you know what I will say is I feel like Adrian last year was about as bad as it would get for him, right? I can't see mm -hmm. his I can't see his field goal percent getting worse, and the other stuff should stay pretty close to the same. And wasn't he dealing with some 
injury stuff last year. Uh, like I don't a little know. Off, not, like minor stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think. know if so, I buy it. I think he's just. Yeah. I think he just took too many outside shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, I agree. Hopefully, he stays closer uh, to the rim. Dan, I got a story I want to share. A quick story I want to share with you yeah, about regale Aaron me. Gordon in a dynasty league. So, um, in a Red Rock, this is a thirty-team dynasty league. This is going into last year. Kind of decided that my team was middle of the pack, not going anywhere. I was like, you know what? I got to make some moves. I decided to move Aaron Gordon, and I kind of had in my mind, it is possible that this is Aaron. Like, this is Aaron Gordon. This is the guy that we're seeing. This is who he is. So I didn't mind moving him. Moved him for a fourth. Uh, Fourth pick in the draft. This is last year. I took Marvin Bagley. And, Dan, I got killed for it. People hmm. were, were ragging on me. Um, people, I think even someone on Twitter asked me, like, man, you're the only one I've seen that's into Marvin Bagley. Dan, can I tell you how happy I am? Just one season later, yep. Marvin Bagley is getting drafted ahead of Aaron Gordon. He's also younger. So um, the whole moral of this story is don't <laughs> listen to anyone. If you believe if you believe in something, especially in a dynasty league, if you believe in something, follow that. Don't care what anybody says. Follow, follow what your heart's telling you. That was a really nice moral there because I wasn't sure. I thought the end of that story was just going to be so stick it in your pipes, everybody. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't get a... I, I don't get everything right. So um, I was kind of proud of that story because that was one thing I got right last year. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. I, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. I So when I look at Aaron Gordon's numbers, the one thing that jumps out to me, and then we can move on to the next pick because I know we're sort of hammering this one guy here. Um, his three-point percent has been improving. I don't know that it's good enough to warrant how many of them he's taking. He's a career 32-percenter from downtown. He was 33 and a half Two years ago, he was 35 this last year. If that gets up to 36, 37, and if he can start shooting a little bit more efficiently inside the three-point line, there is a path to him getting to that 46, 47 in field goal percent. And then you're talking about, because everybody's so damn bunched in that 80, 90, 100 range, two percentage points on a guy taking 14 shots a game, that's enough to move him from, what did I say he was last year, 96? That's enough to move him from 96 to probably low 80s. That's all it would take, maybe even higher. So, uh, yeah, shoot your shot, basically, is the moral of the story here. Uh, 86, <laughs> I'll, I'll move on to the next. I'll take the even numbers here. We'll, we'll rotate. Jeremy Lamb in Indiana. Uh, this is one that I think I like more in Roto because I feel like he's going to pile up stats while Oladipo's out, and I don't know specifically how his role is going to change after that, you know, whatever it is, month and a half, two-month mark. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's a general, he's a fairly efficient shooting guard. He's a pretty good rebounding shooting guard, but there's going to be a log jam there. So in terms of chasing upside, I don't know that he's my favorite guy to take at this spot, but if you're trying to load up early in the season and then just sort of bank it, then I'm okay with it. Head to head, it's a little bit of a tougher sell for me. You know, there is one thing I do like about Jeremy Lamb's outlook, and that is it feels like this Indiana Pacers team is kind of lacking some talent um, out on the wing. Uh, the, Victor Aladipo, we know, is going to miss a lot of the season. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic is no longer there. Darren Collison retired. Oh, so don't even. It, don't remind it, me. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Thad, don't even talk about Thad. If you go to Thad next, I'm going to cry. So, Dan, there's, there's two guys that I kind of feel could have some value once 
TJ Warren, and the other is Jeremy Lamb. This team, they need a scorer to step up on the wing. So I think it's possible that Jeremy Lamb can have some value as a scorer, as like a high-volume scorer. This team needs that. Um, you know, at this point in the draft, I probably would have waited a, a little longer, but I think I could see what um, this person was thinking by taking him there. All right, I'll I'll uh, I'll give you that. There, they do need <laughs> they do need scoring. You're right about that. There is there is a dearth of uh, offensive minded players on that team. Uh, but I, man, I don't know about the post Oladipo stuff. Is what scares me. But then maybe I'm being a little bit hypocritical, considering I often say I'm never drafting someone that starts the year hurt. Maybe I should be targeting guys that are replacing hurt guys because they could end up with longer value than people expected. So, you know, whatever. Dan, you're full of crap. We can move on to the next one. Uh, who's Who do you got at 87 on your chart here? Um, 87 is Wendell Carter Jr. And, oh, man, this this one's a little surprising to me because I feel like his upside could be much higher than anywhere near this range. I mean, this is a guy, if he plays up to his potential, if he stays healthy, I mean, I think he's got like top 40 upside. So I definitely don't mind um, taking a shot at him here. I think the only thing is, is that we've really only seen him play well for a short period of time. Massive injury concern. Uh, he's had multiple injuries going all the way back um, to, uh, to college. So we, I mean, we haven't even seen him stay healthy for a whole season. So definitely some question marks with Wendell Carter Jr., but I love the upside if he does pan out here. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think this is a pretty reasonable spot to grab him to. It's very close to his early uh, Yahoo ADP, uh, which sits at 83, and this is 87. Uh, I think in terms of centers you can get at this point, that's a that's a pretty good upside one. I, I see like maybe two other centers with that kind of upside floating around here after him in the draft, maybe three. Uh, so yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. On the other hand... Yeah. As I, as I segue to 88, because I'm actually going to lump these two guys together, uh, Jared Allen, right behind Wendell Carter Jr., I'm petrified of Jared Allen's season. <laughs> I mean, this is a team now that's going to try to make the playoffs again. Doesn't it feel like he's going to get aced out by DeAndre Jordan? They signed the vet to a four-year deal. Even if it's a timeshare, that's not enough. Absolutely. I think this is the reason. I mean, this guy was going like in round three slash round four last year. Yeah. I think he ended up on average um, in nine cat leagues, like in the 50 range. So, um, I, I, you know, we're yeah. seeing him go. We're seeing him go here because of the DeAndre Jordan cutting into his workload factor. I think that's the whole reason we're seeing him drop and rightfully so. Right. I mean, is is he even going to start? Are they going to split minutes kind of 50-50 um, for the whole season? I mean, what? It's just too much, too many question marks. But you know what, though? I think right here at pick 88, round eight, um, like, as I said, finished in the 50, I think 55 last year. So, um, so if he was to get the starting job and have similar usage as last year, we know he could finish much higher than this. But I think this price that we're seeing here is due to the DeAndre Jordan uh, concern. So here's my reticence on this one is you're right. He did finish in the 50s, but it's only because he played 80 games. So if he even got hurt a little bit last year, that would have fallen off a cliff because on a per game basis, he was at 82 
And that was fighting with Ed Davis for playing time. And I like Ed Davis, but, you know, the boss is was not the starter. He wasn't really pushing him in a way that DeAndre Jordan's going to. And even with all that going on, Jared Allen still only averaged 21 minutes a game last year. That's That was with minimal competition at the center spot. That augurs, in my mind, a little bit poorly. Like, maybe he gets back to that same mark, but if he gets hurt at all, he's capped. You know, the upside mm-hmm. is capped. He's he's going to get you some blocked shots. But, man, I, I have trouble at this point here. I, again, I, I think this is a point where you really, you're targeting guys that in your mind, and I'm talking about a per-game now, in your mind, you have to say on a per-game basis, what are the odds that the guy I'm taking right now could be a top 50 guy? That should be one of the first things that crosses your mind. And with Jared Allen on a per-game basis, fighting with DeAndre Jordan at the center spot, I think the odds are infinitesimally small. Now, again, if he's finishing in the 80s and he plays 80 out of 82 games, yeah, I mean, you sort of fall backwards into that valuation, but... That's asking a lot here. I, funny thing is, I'd probably rather have the guy right behind him, despite the fact that stupid, <laughs> du- stupid Dwight Howard's on the Lakers now. Uh, JaVale McGee, who I was really excited about, even when Boogie was in town, I was actually still excited about it because it seems like the Lakers really don't want Anthony Davis playing center in the regular season. Uh, but I am convinced beyond convinced, and I would love it, by the way, Adrian, if you could talk me out of this, but I don't think you can. I'm convinced that Dwight Howard is going to get more minutes than JaVale McGee this year, and it makes me want to vomit on the podcast. I don't know, man. I really think they brought Dwight Howard in to be backup center. Uh, you know, rumor was was that even a Boogie was going to play backup center, that JaVale was going to be the starter the, um, all along. So, you know, I mean, Dwight, I mean – how, what's the longest we've seen him healthy for? Oh. I, I, I can't, you know, Dan, I really understand your concern. I'm, I'm worried too. I don't want to <laughs> see Dwight Howard uh, be on the court any longer than he needs to. I think JaVale, you know, JaVale McGee looked great last year. And um, with their current makeup of that team, they just need him to stay in his lane, do his thing. And um, I think JaVale McGee will be the guy. And I, I just can't see Dwight like, taking a, a lot of minutes oh, from it. I think I Dwight's going right. to strictly play a backup role. At least I hope so, Dan. I really hope you're right. I hope you're right so badly. JaVale McGee, by the way, last year, uh, number 52 on a per-game basis. That, mind you, is after missing two weeks and then playing for like six weeks with uh, complications from pneumonia. He was mm-hmm. a top He was a top 30 guy when he was healthy last year, and he's not going to play that much this season but even a healthy... So here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at 22 minutes a game with about 20 games in there where he was playing 20 minutes and he wasn't even playing them well. If you remove that and get JaVale when he's breathing properly, his 22 minutes a game would have been enough for top 45 value on a per-game basis. I I think he's still... Even with Dwight Howard, and I I still am petrified and I'm convinced in my own head that Dwight Howard is going to start and play 24 minutes... I still think you see JaVale play the other 18 to 20. And if, you know, maybe AD slides over to play a couple every once in a Mm -hmm. while, but they just don't want him taking the punishment. 20 minutes of JaVale McGee is absolutely a top 100 guy. So I actually really like this pick, even with Dwight Howard in town at number 90. 
So I was going to say, um, you know, doesn't JaVale McGee have an asthma problem? And they said last season that he's he's got a minutes cap, right? Like I think it was somewhere around 24 minutes a game yeah. or something like that. So luckily he doesn't need to play a lot of minutes to – get you that fantasy value so as you said dan even in like a low 20 minute role can still be very valuable and you know maybe another reason why they brought dwight howard in is because if javel mcgee is going to be playing minutes in the low 20s to 24 minutes that still gives dwight howard a decent role there off of the bench <sighs> i hope you're right <laughs> He's starting. Dan, you know with with that with that loaded lakers team all they really need dwight to do Defend the rim, rebound, uh, get some putback. Uh, I um, know, but that's back. all anyone's ever needed him to do, and he's never done that. He's never no, been satisfied. When they need when the Lakers are down two in crunch time, they're not going to be running a play for Dwight. Howard. I know, but he's going to take the ball and he's going to go try to make a post move with that stupid lefty runner that never goes. Whatever. Um, number ninety-one, I actually really like, but it's an odd number, so I'll let you introduce it. Larry Nance Jr. at 91. I dig it. Um, I, I was just going to say, I actually really like this pick. Um, you know, the Cavs, man, one of these teams that are really um, missing a talent in a lot of places. <laughs> um, one of them is the front court. Now, look, they do got Tristan Thompson, but I don't believe in Tristan Thompson. Do have Kevin Love. Um, but, you know, we've seen Kevin Love miss games. I think Kevin Love, too, could be a trade candidate. So I really like Larry Nance Jr. I think even with Kevin Love there, he's still going to get plenty minutes. Um, I just hope Larry Nance is healthy because when healthy, um, he could be a really good fantasy player. Love his all-around game. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think right here at this spot of the draft, why not? Yeah, why not? And he's one of those guys where you look at it and you're like, what are the odds this guy could actually be a top 50 guy on a nine cat uh, on a per game basis? And the odds are not zero. He was number 54 per game last year in 26 and a half minutes per game. I mean, he's a he's a minute and a half of playing time away from being a top 50 guy. And he did it without ever impressing anyone because he scored nine and a half points per game. And if you don't break 10 in the points column, nobody's paying attention to you. But he had eight rebounds, three assists, 2.1 combined steals and blocks. He shot 52% from the field, 1.4 turnovers. I-, I like everything about his old man game. He's a total Dan Bespris old man squad kind of guy, and he's not that old yet. Uh, give, me Larry, give me Larry Nance. Uh, there's a lot of centers going in this round. Carter, Allen. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. did we, ju- we jumped over Joe Ingles, huh? I screwed that one up. Um, can I just say real quick, Larry Nance finished with a round six value last year on average in nine category leagues. And, you know, that was just in a so-so year. Like, I feel like he didn't really ball out. So um, healthy, playing at the top of his game with a good role on a bad Cavs team. I think it's very possible he equals that or exceeds that six round value he put up last year. And you're getting him in round eight. So right what, you should have yelled at me because I jumped right over 89. So, Adrian, you get to go again here. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I, what's funny is I missed the last show. And so I figured I was thinking in my head, like, maybe you guys talked about Joe Ingles like a lot. No, nope, so not at all. So you decided to skip <laughs> Not a word. Didn't say a single word about it. I should have said something. I yeah, should have said something. You got to keep me on point here. I've lost my mind. I've lost my marbles. Uh, I'm trying to find his ADP, and I, I honestly can't even figure out where the heck Joe Ingles is going this year. 
Um, okay, let me check this it's out. It's late, I've got isn't it? I got up. Um, I got something that I got going here for. So this is Yahoo mock drafts. His ADP currently. This is oh, like right 104. now. I think I just found it. Yeah, he's 106, wow. ninth round in Yahoo. Now, um, I think the reason why we're seeing a major drop off is because um, Utah Jazz they added some depth on their team. They added Bojan Bogdanovic, who kind of has that similar offensive game as Joe Ingles, right? So I think we're a little worried that some shots may be siphoned off of uh, Joe Ingles. And I think people are kind of wondering if his numbers are going to take a hit here. Um, they also have Jeff Green in that front court as well now. So I don't know, Dan. I think um, I'm I'm not expecting Joe Inkles to have that season, that amazing season he had two years ago. Where what was he like a top forty guy? Yeah, so his I'm percentages. definitely not expecting that. But also at this point in the draft, I mean, why not? Like even if his numbers slip a little bit, you still kind of expect him to finish much higher than this, right? Yeah, I I and he's played. Uh, he's been in the NBA now for five seasons, and he's missed a grand total of four games which is pretty remarkable. Oh, uh, durability goes a long way. It is, a, it is a skill for some guys, and he has it. Uh, his free throw percentage was way down last year. I think that probably regresses upward. Field goal might do the same, although he's really taking a lot of three-pointers, so it's possible that doesn't really come back. I just So he's not a guy with outstanding upside. He's probably not going to be any higher than 75, but he also has a really high floor. So he's one of those guys where if you maybe if you took some risks earlier... He's a guy you could grab somewhere in this range, but at the same time, he's going 15 picks later. So I don't know that he's a guy that I would necessarily hard target in that spot, uh, but I also like having him on my team. So I'm, I'm caught in between a rock and a hard place. Uh, I'm going to jump straight to 92 because I already screwed up and we did two of them in there. And uh, what a wonderful thing for me to introduce because I have no idea about him because he's a rookie. Rui Hachimura, Adrian, what do we need to know about the Wizards rook? So, you know me, Dan, I love my rookies, and this guy, I completely overlooked him coming into the real draft, and man, did I mess up, because this guy looks really good. Uh, he has been killing international ball uh, for Japan. USA just played Japan, even though they blew Japan out, uh, Roy Hachimura had some really nice plays in this game had a dunk on miles turner i'm telling you dan this guy looks like the real deal i completely slept on him in all my dynasty leagues and i'm kicking myself now one thing i do want to talk about is um one of the things i love doing late in these yahoo mock drafts i really think we see an opportunity in toronto for some new blood to step up and have some nice fantasy value um, and the two guys that I was uh, – I'm sorry, not Toronto. I'm, I'm thinking of the Wizards. I'm sorry. Um, two guys that I'm really focused on as like my last pick flyer is Roy Hachimura and Troy Brown. I would – I mean, Dan, every <laughs> single Yahoo mock draft I do, I just grab one of these guys because I think one of these guys is going to emerge with top 100 value this year. Now, here's the – Here's the kicker. Here's what happened this week that's kind of throwing some shade on my on my optimism, Dan. Uh-oh. Uh, Wizards just 
signed Davis Bertans, and rumor is he could be starting at the power forward spot, which is where we had Roy Hachimura at to start. So Mm. this is definitely throwing some water on my possible sleeper pick here. And so um, I'm kind of starting to back off on that take of, uh, but I still think that this kid is very talented and uh, trust me, Dan, this uh, isn't something like this is something where I had no opinion on him. I didn't know anything about him. And just from what I've seen since the real NBA draft, this kid has completely won me over. Very talented. Well, I can say yeah. definitively I know nothing about this kid. But what I will I will add is if he's going in the last round, you don't need to be spending an eighth round pick on him, especially when the next yes. three guys belong on a roster well before Hachimura. And we can clump these guys together because I think they're all pretty safe picks in round eight, and each of them has a certain measure of upside. Uh, The next three guys are Miles Bridges, DeLon Wright, and Jeff Teague. I'd rather have any of those three guys than Hachimura. Uh, And I think Hachimura probably would have made it back to this team in the next round and probably even the round after that. You have to take that into account when you're making a pick. I I think that's a pick that he regrets when he sees what the guys behind him end up doing this year. Uh, I all three of those guys have basically guaranteed playing time, and that's that's enormous in fantasy basketball. We need the guy that's actually out on the damn floor. You're absolutely right, and I should have mentioned that as well. Even though I do like him, I do like Hachimura, there is no way you can take him here in round eight. And just as you said, especially after you see these guys go off the board after him. I mean, Dan, Miles Bridges is going to make my ride-or-die must-have list <laughs> this year. I love this guy this year. Um, I was talking earlier about when I'm doing my Yahoo mocks. I'm looking it up right now. Um, this is a guy that I take in – oh, in, at the very beginning of round eight is where I usually okay, take him. Okay, so that's and where we are round here. Eight here. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I love his outlook. Um Hornets kind of going into this rebuild mode. I think um, he's a good player on a bad team. I love I love uh, targeting good players on bad teams for fantasy. So, um, man, I love Miles Bridges. I cannot believe um, he went right here. I think this is great. Yeah, his ADP is 87.5 right now, so it's pretty close to where he's going. Um, I like it. DeLon Wright, I like that one too. Jeff Teague, I like that one too. I, I mean, these mm-hmm. are all. I like all of these picks in a row. These are these are guys that are contri- going to contribute for their fantasy teams from day one to day to game eighty two. Like we can. To me, I think we can talk about all three of them together for no other reason than I think they were all taken at about the right time. And I think you're gonna. And I think all three of those guys, you can look at them and say, yeah, you know, there's a world where they could outperform where I'm grabbing them by by two to three rounds of value. Those are the guys you should be targeting right here. Yeah. Really, what's kind of crazy about Teague and the next guy, Brandon Ingram, not to jump ahead. It's like two guys who I think jump ahead, man. Here we we got we got a lot of names to cover, so we can jump as much as we want. I see some similarities between these two guys because I think their current draft value has been hurt by last year, the injuries that they had. I mean, Jeff Teague, uh, I, I can't even find him on the player Raider uh, ranking because due to injury, missed time. But Dan, he's still slated to start for the Timberwolves. Yeah. We know he's a talented guy when healthy. And, and they traded away their he- backup point guards. They have no backups for him anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, 
it, his outlook, as long as he's healthy, we know he could kill um, where he's getting drafted right here. We know he could definitely put up much higher value than this. So yeah. why not? He was a yeah. number 60 range guy for multiple seasons in a row. He missed a few games. He got lapped in an ugly situation in Minnesota for a while, and then he was hurt. And and everybody's like, ah, he's cooked. Nah, man, he's fine. Even if he misses a few games, he's gonna he's a what I mean, this is a number two point guard for his entire career that you're getting just inside pick one hundred. I'm all about that. Now, I am not all about the guy to close out this round. I, I know that this this is a kind of a polarizing name, but Brandon Ingram he looked like he was starting to turn a little bit of a corner. I don't like I don't like how many things he's going to be contending with in New Orleans and the fact that his free throw shooting is terrible uh, and he doesn't get any defensive stats despite having arms that are each nine and a half feet long. I can't, I cannot wrap my head around this, Adrian. How can a man with arms that long not get any defensive stats? I'm not touching Brandon Ingram. I get it. If somehow things came together for him, he could be a superstar. I just don't. I mean, I watch a lot of Lakers games over the last few years. I don't think that's about to happen. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, and in all the Yahoo mocks I do, I've never ended up with him. And it's not like I'm trying to avoid <laughs> him or I have him as a do not draft player. I actually, um, I actually think it's okay to take him here at this point because um, I actually do really – like his outlook on the uh, Pelicans, I think he's going to start at the small forward spot. They got Zion at power forward, Derek Favors at center, Lonzo Ball, shooting guard. So there's a spot for him in this roster. Um, I think he could get some nice usage there. From what we're hearing, he he sounds like he's healthy. He's over that blood clot issue. So um, I don't mind taking a shot on him here. I do hear you when you talk about his... Um, deficiencies um you know hurts you <laughs> so, at the free throw so line as, as, as you said really crazy that he doesn't get a lot of defensive stats but you know still a really young guy as well um i think um gosh who said it somebody said that um he's just kind of a baby still as far as his like development so i think it is still possible that we see a leap from ban um from Brandon Ingram at this point in the draft I think it's okay but also Dan I do agree with you I never look to draft him I would probably overlook his name if I was in this draft I'd probably go down to my next guy so do we think Brandon Ingram weighs more than 165 pounds I don't (laughs) I don't think so he he is uh really skinny he is scrawny man he needs to hit the weight room for sure he needs to hit the buffet Screw the <laughs> screw the weight room. I'm sure he's lifting something in there. I mean, I I'm someone who has spent his entire life as an unbelievably skinny man, and so I know when when I see one, it is you got to eat and eat and eat and eat and just keep on doing it. And right before you go to sleep, you eat some more. Uh, before we do, we're gonna we're actually gonna clump the next uh, five guys together because it's all centers to start round nine. But before we do that, Adrian, I got to tell everybody listening. And you, if you're interested. If not, you can uh, you can read a book for a sec. Uh, about our buddies at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the website. Adrian, I don't know if you're a gambling man, but I'm going to turn you into one this year if you're not already. Uh, if you found 100 bucks on the street, wouldn't you pick it up? Wouldn't you? You'd pick it up, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here's what I said on yesterday's show. Uh, I would pick it up, but I'd also spend the next eight minutes looking around to see if I'm getting pranked. Uh <laughs> 
But here's the thing. That's the same as picking winners but not betting on them, and that is why you got to get signed up at MyBookie. If this is something you guys have dabbled in, do more than dabble. Follow me as we do our revenge angles. Bet on the NFL if you want. I always lose when I bet on football, so I'm not going to bother. But you guys can win. You got, everybody knows more football than I do. Uh, I love this website. I love working with them. They're fantastic. I've moved my money over from other online sports books where I've been less than satisfied. MyBookie.ag. Do the smart thing. Move your money over. And the best part is deposit match. They're deposit matching right now. If you join with promo code TODAY, the word T-O-D-A-Y, join with that promo code T-O-D-A-Y, they will double your deposit. So they'll match you. Put 400 bucks in, they'll put 400 bucks in. Up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Five centers in a row, Adrian, to start round nine. DeAndre Jordan, Ennis Cantor, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Willie Cauley-Stein. I'm going to phrase my question to you uh, basically as I answer it. I only want one of these five centers on my basketball team. How many of these five would you actually want on your team? I'll take three. Ah. I'll take um, I'll take Enos Cantor. I'll take Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka. Not in that order. Um, I'm not touching DeAndre Jordan. I yeah, just no. think him and Jared Allen are just going to cancel each other out. Willie Cauley-Stein, um, intriguing, but too many question marks. I don't know what his role is going to be on this Warriors team. I mean, it's, it, there's already been a lot of talk. I think Steve Kerr mentioned that Kevin Looney is expected to get a lot of runs. So does that mean Willie Cauley-Stein is going to be a backup center? I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. So um, – I do like Enos Cantor. I think with Al Horford um, off the Celtics, I think they're going to look for Cantor to kind of pick up the load in that front court in the center spot. So I think he's going to get a lot of scoring opportunity there. Um, the Raptors, you know, there's um, there's a lot of usage available with uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard gone. Um, Danny Green is gone. So, you know, um, I could see Mark... Gasol, even though he's older, I still think he's going to have a pretty good year. And Serge Ibaka as well. Now, Serge Ibaka, you know, with Pascal Siakam, kind of, I, it, it feels like he's going to be the number one guy there now in uh, um, Toronto. So maybe that's going to hurt Serge Ibaka quite a bit. So probably go Mark Gasol and Enos Cantor is the two guys I wouldn't mind having on my team. Yeah, you could talk me into Gasol and Ibaka uh, if you could somehow promise me that each one of those guys was going to get to 26 minutes. I think that's a possibility if you can squeeze Surge down to the four for a few minutes every ball game, You could talk me into those two guys. You can't talk me into Willie Cauley-Stein. You're not going to be able to talk me into DeAndre Jordan. And the one guy I actually want of that bunch is Enos Cantor because, uh, I mean, Boston could play their rook. Uh, what do they call him? The Time Lord, Robert Williams. But mm-hmm. they're gonna need they're gonna need somebody that knows how to rebound and score every once in a while at center. And as we've seen, Cantor only needs twenty two to twenty four minutes to be fantasy relevant. He's the one of these guys to me that actually has some upside. And and that's again what I'm targeting in this range. So that I thought it was interesting. Uh, round eight and round nine, and then we'll move on to pick one hundred two in a second here. But between these two rounds, Wendell Carter Jr., Jared Allen, Javale McGee, Larry Nance Jr. All went centers in round eight, four of the 12 picks in round eight. The first five picks in round nine, all centers. So nine out of the 24 picks in these two rounds were big men. And it does lend itself to what you've said, what Brandon said, what I've said. 
that centers are available as you get a little bit later mm-hmm. in the draft. Um, anyway, 102 is Lou Williams. I'm not touching Lou uh, in standard nine cat this year. <laughs> what about you? I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, we've seen Lou Williams kind of um, have value when – He's not expected to, but this year feels a little different with Paul George. I mean, (laughs) Clippers are just loaded with guards and wings. I mean, Pat Beverly, Paul George, Landry Shemet, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you just – right hand, it just doesn't feel like Lou Williams can uh, have that season that we've seen from him in the previous couple seasons. It just doesn't seem like he's going to um, surprise us this year. I don't think so. His game is way too predicated on volume, scoring, free throw shooting, points, that type of stuff, and those opportunities aren't there. It's why if you're going to go for a guard on this team, you try to grab the one that can do the other things besides scoring, like a Pat Beverly maybe, where it's like, oh, well, there might be rebounds, there might be some assists, there might be some steals and blocks available. But the scoring, well, they, yeah, you've mentioned it. They kind of have a couple guys that are uh, going to be counted on for that. What about number 103? I'm not going to steal your thunder here on this one. We, you, you already mentioned this guy earlier in the show. <laughs> 103, TJ Warren. Dan, I'm kind of excited about this guy this year, and I'm yeah. not like the <laughs> big TJ Warren stan or anything like that. That would be amazing, um, by just, the way. Can you become so- <laughs> the world's biggest TJ Warren stan and make that like your, your Twitter profile? That would be incredible. Man, when he was in Phoenix, he would let me down all the time. Although he did have <laughs> some um he did have some yeah. good value. He was good before he sat for two and a half months. He was actually having a really good year before he just <laughs> like turned an ankle and they said, Nah, you're done. But I think the reason why I do like him or I do end up with him in some of my mock drafts so far is because I kind of really like his outlook on this Pacers team. I mentioned it earlier. They're really uh, lacking some talent in the wing. I think they're going to really need some scoring. And one thing we do know about TJ Warren is he can hit shots. He can, he can, he can shoot the ball. He'll take them. He can shoot the ball. You ain't getting it back. At this point of the draft, I think it's okay. You know, another surprising thing about TJ Warren, only 26 years old. Like, I thought he was a lot older than that. Like, I thought he was closer to 30. So, you know, still in his prime, I think um, I think he could have a good role on this Pacers team. At this point in the draft, why not? Well, you know, I believe uh, I believe he's 56 in Suns years, so that's why that I can understand why he got thrown off a little bit. He was awesome in the 43 games he played last year, and this happens to a lot of guys in Phoenix where they get a little bit dinged up, and they've been tanking for a decade straight, so they just sat him down. But he was at 18-4. He doesn't pass. Don't expect any assists. 1.9 defensive stats, 49% from the field, 82 from the free throw line, and no turnovers. It was a great year. He was number 45 when he got hurt last season. That's mm-hmm. that's a guy you're grabbing at this point in the draft with upside potential. This is what you should be doing, which, though it pains me to say it, is not the guy drafted next. This is one of my favorite old men players, but you don't need to take him in round nine, and that's my good buddy Danny Green, who is going to put up his same top 100 season he always does, but you got to be chasing upside. I love Danny Green, but he's not an upside guy. He never will be. I agree with you, and I had this guy in a lot of leagues last year in my home league, and although it was frustrating because he would disappear for games, I mean, he finished 
Um, I'm looking at it right now. He finished player 54 on average. No, no, that's, that's got to be totals. Leagues. I think that's totals because he played in 80 games oh, last year. Oh, is that year. totals? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at total value for the season. Yeah. Nine category leagues. He finished player 54. So in my Roto League where I had him in my home league, I kept him locked into my lineup, and I was happy at the end of the year. But I, I think his outlook is much different this year on this loaded Lakers roster. Um, you know, even though I do believe he will start, but man, with LeBron James, Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, um, he just feels like a fourth or fifth option. So I just, I don't see him having consistent value. And as you said, you, you just hit the nail uh, right on the head when you said, why not grab a guy that's got much higher upside. Yeah, right? shoot for someone who could give you, you know, top 60 on a per game basis as opposed to hoping that your plodding top 90, top 100 guy plays in all 82 games because those are the guys that I think, yes, okay, so I've said it before, playing in all of the games, being durable is a nice skill to have. It's very important, especially in a roto league where you want to make sure that you're getting a nice number of games out of your guys. But for me... You know, listen, I love Danny Green. I, I feel like I need to say this over and over again. He was one of my old man squad guys last year, and he was one that panned out beautifully. But he was number 85 on a per-game basis, which is something you can find often on the waiver wire. They're always out there, guys that are going to just sort of plod along in that 85 to 115 range. They're out there, and there's almost nothing separating those guys. So... Uh, even if he matches last year, if he misses a couple of games, that 50, whatever you said, drops quickly because his per-game numbers were not that strong. He was one of those guys in that group. Marcus Smart, same exact notion. Jared Allen, almost the same exact story. Guys that were in that 80s on a per-game basis, P.J. Tucker, who played every single night, they get that, it's almost like a fake bump in totals, because they played in so many games and it was so rare to have guys like that. But at this point in the draft, those guys are going to be there a round or two later, almost always, because they're not interesting. Uh, I'd rather take a shot on 105 from this draft or even 107 behind it, just in terms of guys that you could have had where you're thinking, hey, could this guy be a top 60 on a per-game basis? Uh, those are both odd numbers, so I didn't want to say them out loud because technically you have the odds. Not a huge fan of the evens in this bunch. Oddly enough, the even guys are Derek White and Jeremy Grant. Adrian, who are the odd-numbered guys left in round nine? And then we'll then we'll oh. let out both of us. We can go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the two odd-numbered guys, Gordon Hayward and Mikkel Bridges. Yeah, give me either uh, of those guys know, over Danny Green. I, <laughs> I will take both these guys over Danny Green. You know, earlier when we were talking about uh, Brandon Ingram as the guy that I overlook, Gordon Hayward's kind of one of these guys – that I overlook as well. I don't know why. I guess, um, you know, we just haven't seen the same Gordon Hayward ever since he came back from injury last season. Um, but, you know, I still think um, he could get there. And at this point, why not? In fact, in my own rankings, I've got him in the 90 range. So at 105, I mean, I would definitely take a shot on him there. Uh, I also do really like his outlook on the Celtics, you know, with Kyrie being gone, Terry Rozier gone. I think there's some open usage that's going to be available to him. <laughs> um, yeah, some. I think Yes, absolutely. And I also it looks like he's going to start at the small forward spot. So, you know, 
The minutes look like it's safe. The usage could be there. We know this is a talented guy when he's right, when he's healthy. So, Dan, at this point of the draft, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm looking at 2012-2013 at Gordon Hayward as what I, I think is the base of what we could expect this year. A guy taking 11 shots a game. He took nine last year. I think he could go a higher than 11. Maybe, say, even in between 2012 and 2013 seasons, Gordon Hayward, where in one of those years he took 11 shots, the other one he took 13 and a half. So he was scoring about 15 points a game. You average it out, it's like four rebounds, four assists, 1.1 steals, half a block, 1.23 pointers. Uh, you roll all of that together and you keep the turnovers down, that's a top 65, top 70 fantasy guy. I, I just, yeah, I mean, I he's going to be stepping into uh, a situation where... If things break right, it could be really nice. And if they don't, who gives a crap? We're shooting for upside here. You're not going to be that upset that you didn't take Danny Green at 105 or 104, whatever it is, because someone else is going to pan out. You're going to make a pickup off a waiver wire. You take the guys that give you that upside. And then the other odd-numbered guy, Mikael Bridges in Phoenix, what if he sees significant playing time? He could basically win you steals by himself. Give me the guys with upside. One last thought on... Gordon Hayward from me, only 29 years old. So, you know, still in his prime, you know, had a gruesome leg injury that he came back from. Sometimes it takes guys some time to really fully recover from something like that. So I do believe that that Gordon Hayward that we saw last year maybe was not the 100% fully back Gordon Hayward. And maybe we see that guy this year. And as you said, things could be really breaking right for him with the, um, with that open role available now in Boston and with the minutes there, the role, the usage, this could be his year, Dan. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than willing to take a chance on him in this range. It it costs nothing at all. Uh, Adrian, any thoughts on Derek White or Jeremy Grant before we wrap this one up? You know, I'm not as high as Derek on Derek White as as a lot of guys. I do think he's a talented guy. I just little inconsistency there. Uh, Dejounte Murray's coming back, and I think that's really going to cut into Derek White. And in fact, I used to be really high on Dejounte Murray, and I'm kind of off him a little bit because of Derek White. So I kind of feel like these two guys are canceling each other out. So um, not a guy that I'm targeting really late though in drafts. I. He's like I'd be okay taking a shot at him. I think though at this point in the draft, I probably would have went a, a different. I probably would have went someone else here though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I try to avoid guys that are look like they're about to be locked into a timeshare. And if I get that one wrong, I don't feel that bad about it because I'd I'd rather take a shot on someone who's, as I said earlier, gonna be on the floor. Adrian Benjamins, my man. Can we do this again next week? Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. This was a lot of fun. Oh, wait, I have one more question for you before we before we sign off. Um, how many mock sure. dra- how many mock drafts have you done since the last time we talked? <laughs> Is it 35? You know what? Over under. I know I I will be honest, I've I've been tailing off a little bit. I I think I'm kind of down to just maybe 2 to 3 per day <laughs> now instead of 5. So, um just man, the yeah. kids are just uh they're running circles around me and I'm trying to keep up with them. So, um uh, you know, all the back to school stuff. So, it this week was a little tough, but um yeah, only I, 15. I think I'm going to probably ramp up again soon. That's absolutely <laughs> You're a crazy person. He's at Adrian Benjamins. I'm going to let you go before we wrap the show up. Adrian, I'll talk to you in a week. Thanks, Dan. Have a good one. I 
Ah, Adrian. Love that dude. Uh, Adrian Benjamins, at Adrian Benjamins on Twitter. Check him out. You will be trying to get him back here very regularly, at least until uh, the box score breakdown returns, because they'll be uh, hosting that one, co-hosting that one with a, a cavalry man. We're deploying the cavalry on box score breakdown this year. Uh, that's it for this draft. That's as far as we're going to get. I, I thought about actually um, just sort of picking a few interesting names, but I'm not going to do that yet. We'll do that as we get into another one. Next week, we're going to break down the results of an industry mock draft. I'm not going to tell you guys who was in it or where they drafted, but we're going to see where the guys are going in an industry mock draft. That's coming up next week on the podcast. And then after that, uh, we're going to actually start getting some industry folks on the pod. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We're coming down the chute here, folks. It is September the 6th. The season starts October 22nd, meaning that on Tuesday, four days from now, or less if you're listening to it over the weekend, you will be one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. We're at six and a half weeks right now from NBA opening day. And we're about three and a half weeks from the preseason. Thank the good Lord. Because the only stories on Twitter right now are Josh Hart isn't happy about how he learned about his trade and Dwight Howard is going to be a good boy on the Lakers. These are bad stories. This is... Come on, guys. It's September. Let's get some good stories going here. Uh, again, hoop ball leagues are open at Dan Bruce if you want to get into any of those. And the draft guide. We've had a whole bunch of new stuff added to it. And I, I think I've forgotten to mention it on the podcast, but I suppose now is as good a time as any. The draft guide. Since its release on August the 23rd, we have added dynasty strategy, schedule analysis, second half surge players. That's a really cool one. Pace report on the teams, punt strategies, deep league cash counter specialists, over and undervalued players on Yahoo's pages, DFS strategy, a three-part series from the great Micah Patria, and out of position stats. That's all in there already. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're adding three or four features every single week. Tools, features, they're all getting loaded up into the draft guide. And it all culminates on October the 7th when the Brewski 150 is added to the draft guide. It's $15.99. It's still on sale from its full price, which is $18. Yes, it's not as low as opening weekend, but it's still way lower than it will be. So get it now. Follow Twitter, uh, the Twitter handle for HoopBall, at HoopBallFantasy. I'll be posting about it. Aaron Bruski will be posting about it. Go get the draft guide. There's a great landing page where you can see all the things that are for sale. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it before the price goes up again. You'll be happy you did. It's awesome. It's the best out there, and it's the best value. A lot of draft guides are $30, $40, $50, and ours is $16, $15.99 while it's on sale. So, again, that's the draft guide. Again, at Hoopball Fantasy. Follow them. You can check that out. Weekend time. I think we're done. I think we're done. We're actually getting pretty close to when I can put out my old farts list, probably a couple weeks from now. I, again, a part of... I know I've said the word again a bunch of times here, so... <clears throat> again, we don't want to move the market too early. The whole point of my old farts list, these are guys that are just falling because they're not sexy, they're not buzzy. And I don't want to ruin that. So we'll talk about that stuff as we get right up to draft day, when it's sort of too late for the market to adjust and we, those of us listening to this podcast, which is a nice number of us, but let's be honest, a very small portion of the actual fantasy community, we can cash in. 
I'd love to talk to you guys on Twitter all weekend long. I get bored. I love seeing things come my way. At Dan Baspris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Please rate and review the podcast. And go check out DFS Today. Episode 2 dropped yesterday, Thursday, with Coach and Mike Apatria. That you can find anywhere podcasts are listed. Uh, rate and review that one as well. Subscribe, all that good stuff. You know what we got going on here. We got this show. We got DFS Today. We've got a Nets podcast. We got a Lakers podcast. We got a Clippers podcast. We got a Kings podcast. We got Cause and Brew, and we got two more shows coming in the next couple of weeks. One of them is the box score breakdown, and the other one I can't tell you about yet, but I can next week. And that's when we will talk next Monday. Back to break down a new draft. Have a lovely weekend, everybody. This was Fantasy NBA Today Hoopball in Hawaiian Isles Code of Coffee presentation. Thanks again to my bookie. We'll talk to you, well, on Monday. So long. This has been a Hoopball presentation.